for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. I'm going to go ahead and get straight into this. Today I'm going to teach out of Psalm 73, so if you want to go ahead and turn there. It's a pretty long psalm. It's 28 verses, so I'm not going to go verse by verse, but I do plan on covering most of it, or at least the concepts within it, um, to talk about much-needed clarity. Last week we talked about that we could trust in the Lord, and that trust is a product of experience. Amen? And trust is a, or faith, trust is a product of faith. In fact, it's trust that faith rewards. And so I want to talk about, I want to continue that process, that train of thought today out of Psalm 73, but, but to say this, that not only is it found in experience, trust I mean, but it's continued in clarity. The, the more clearly defined something is, the greater my trust is in that thing. The more I understand something, the more comfortable I am around it, the firmer my foundation is, the less likely I am to be swayed left or right of whatever it is I'm dealing with. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, clarity. Um, but problem is it's, it's often and certainly becoming increasingly more difficult to find clarity in the world that we live in. Uh, we, we're surrounded by science that says a man can be a woman. Where's the clarity in that? There's, there's no clarity in that. Uh, in fact, it's, a, it's an abominable lie. Uh, you were born a male or a female, and if that offends you, then let the word offend you and cause that offense to change you. Amen? Uh, but not only that, uh, we think that we believe and the government does exist to better our lives, but the truth of it is that it has really created difficulty in our life that it shouldn't be creating. Or there's just on and on, so many, so many different things, so many contradictory elements that cause us to need clarity in the society we live in. Uh, we watch the news, and the news will tell us one thing when, in fact, common sense will tell you something completely different. And these problems are confounded or compounded when we do the stuff that we do in the white noise of our life, when we watch too much television, when we binge watch three months or, or correction, seven years worth of Netflix shows in three days, right? Uh, when we spend our life on social media, when we're totally and absolutely consumed by just Instagram stuff and whatever else might be out there. That creates confusion in us. You want to know why it creates confusion in us? It creates confusion in us because it drowns out the voice of God in us. And so clarity is needed. We have to find some way to get past and push past all of these unclear things, all these things that would cause distraction in us. But how? Let me go back to the next last week by trusting in God. 
we find clarity through the distraction in seeking him and in trusting him. Amen? I'm going to read you three verses to prove this is true. Isaiah 48, 17, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way that you should go. If you want clarity about direction, the Word of God says that God can give you clarity about the direction in your life. John 16, 13, But when the Spirit of truth comes, and he has since come, he will guide you in all the truth. And so God offers clarity to what is true and what is not true. If we find ourselves lacking direction, if we find ourselves lacking an understanding of the truth, those things are found within the covers of the Scripture. Amen? This is where clarity is found. This is where trust is built. And I don't want to teach the same lesson I taught last week. I want to continue that teaching in, in this one. But in James 1.5, it says, But if any of you lacks wisdom, wisdom or, it, or clarity is a byproduct of wisdom. When I get wisdom, I get clarity. And so if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all generously and without, and without reproach, and he will be given to him. God offers clarity and direction, clarity in what is true and what is not true, and he offers that clarity according to this verse in abundance. I don't know about y'all, but I need clarity in abundance regarding the direction I'm supposed to take, the direction my family is supposed to take, the direction my, my church is supposed to take. When I say my church, I mean our church, the direction the big C church is supposed to take. I need clarity in all of these things. We suffer and walk in confusion where there is a lack of clarity, but we don't have to walk in a lack of clarity. God is provisional and gives us clarity where we seek after him. People say, I don't know what my purpose is. Seek after the face of God because in the face of God, you will find the clarity of what your purpose is. Let me tell you, your purpose for first and foremost is Christ and him crucified to give your life to the Lord. You have been called for a purpose, and that purpose is to belong to him. Now, there are subsets of purpose beyond that, but let's focus on that first and you'll find everything else. Everybody all right? So we need this in our life. How much time are we spending with the Lord, trusting him to offer clarity in an otherwise cloudy life? And now to this psalm. All of us struggle. Because the answer to the question I just asked, how much time are we spending with the Lord, isn't enough. This, this like We're like the the writer of this psalm, Asaph. Asaph was the worship leader, as it were, a Levite, responsible for the leading of worship in the temple. And he was having a crisis of faith. He was struggling. He started writing this song as a consequence of that struggle. He knew God was good, but he struggled in what he should do and to find clarity in how God was good. Amen? And so, with all of that being said, let me tell you this. Clarity is needed because our vision is distorted. 
I was four. Y'all see these glasses? There's some couple of folks that have laughed at me because I, I take them on, I take them off, I take them on, take them off, take them on, take them off. I just this is what I do the whole time. Some of y'all haven't noticed that, so now you're not going to unnotice it. Um, but I was 42 years old when my vision, my physical vision, started to deteriorate. I had been doing a lot of reading at that time. I was trying to get through my um, seminary. And I was starting to get headaches. My eyes were hurting. And I thought, man, I got to figure out what this is about. And so I went to the doctor and they gave me glasses. And after he did what he did, my vision was restored. I had to get to a place where I realized my vision was distorted before I could fix the distortion that was in my vision. And we're the same way phys or spiritually, mentally and physically. We've allowed ourselves to allow distortion to happen around us when we have no idea that that distortion exists. I just knew my eyes were hurting and my, I had a headache all the time. I didn't realize I couldn't see because it happened. The process happened so slowly. The first time I put my glasses on when I went and took that test and they did all the stuff, I was like, I forgot I could see that stuff. And the same thing happens in our own personal walks with God, physically, spiritually, and mentally. Physically, we see ourselves differently than we really are. We act physically like we're good enough. We lose clarity of focus. We lose our, we lose our, we stop keeping our eye on God and we start thinking, what I'm doing is good enough. Well, let me tell you, you're not good. Jesus came to save you from your goodness and make you perfect. But as we continue to believe this physical lie that the work that I'm doing is enough, what I realize is I haven't allowed God to change me. I've just modified my behavior to make it look to myself and to everybody else as though I'm doing right. But can I tell you, behavioral change is not heart change. But let me tell you, as soon as you start pursuing God and you start getting that clarity, you're going to see where you aren't good when you thought you were good. Just like with my glasses. Same thing happens to us mentally. We think we're insignificant. Someone has told us we're insignificant. We bought into that lie. We walked in that, that truth, quote unquote, that's not true at all. Or... We believe ourselves mentally to be more than we are, and we start walking in arrogance that we shouldn't be walking in because it's God that places and it's God that displaces. Amen? But we don't realize that because our vision is distorted. Spiritually, we do the same thing. We, we believe that we're in a particular spiritual place. We don't understand that God is for us because we don't take the time to seek after spiritual things. So many times in my life, man, I think, man, I wish I could be Elijah and his servant. When Elijah said, just, just peel it back so he could see. But because the servant forgot who he was, because he forgot who he belonged to, because he forgot the spiritual truths of God's goodness, he lost his visual clarity. And it's us, just like him, need an eye exam. Amen? 
We need to get back, take a step back and say, where am I missing it? Why am I not seeing the signs on the interstate I could use to see? Why am I not hearing from God the way that I used to hear from God? Why have I convinced myself or allowed someone else to talk trash about me to the degree that I, I don't think I'm good enough anymore? All of those things are false and untrue and wrong and put you in a position other than what God has put you in. And so we need clarity because we have distorted vision. Amen? This is the case for Asaph. The guy that wrote this psalm, like I said, in verses 1 and 2, he says this, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. That's a pretty strong declaration, right? Like he knows that he knows this truth. But then he says, but, everybody say but, which is, this is what I know to be true, but this isn't what I'm seeing is true because his vision is distorted. As for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped. And so this is what Asaph's saying. Like the guy who was, went to Jesus about his son, and he said, help my son. He's, he's struggling. He's, he's demon-possessed. He's being cast down. And God, Jesus essentially asked him, he says, do you believe I can do this? He said, yeah, I believe. He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. How many of you guys have ever been there? You think, and then you convince yourself that it's a sin because you had a crisis of faith. It's not a crisis of faith to ask God why or to struggle with your faith. Can I tell you, I ask Angela the hardest questions I ask anyone else. Questions harder than I ask anyone else. You know why? Because there's intimacy with us that makes that question safe. There should never be a question that we can't go to with God and say, I don't understand this. This doesn't seem right to me. Explain this to me. This is what you promised me. This is what you told me, but I'm not seeing it. Amen. And that's what Asaph is saying. And so why, how do we have faith but ask God for faith? And why does faith need to be grown? Faith needs to be grown because it's a walk. Y'all ever heard the term, a walk of faith? You know what that means? That means you're trying to get somewhere. Some of y'all knuckleheads just be walking around in circles trying not to get anywhere. I don't understand exercise. But most walks are because you're trying to get somewhere. Faith comes by hearing, and the more that you hear, the greater the increase of your faith. If you guys want to move from, I know God is good, but I'm struggling with my faith, seek God for clarity. And you'll find your faith grow as your walk grows. And stop condemning yourself because you are where you are. Can I tell you, I don't have it figured out either. I still ask myself, I have faith to believe, but do I have faith to believe? I need more faith to believe. I'm, I'm holding this building in my hand, man. I'm all like, I got faith to believe. Lord, help me with my faith to believe, you know? Because nothing moves at the speed that I want it to move at. But that doesn't matter because God is still in charge. 
God is still in control. I have to understand that I need to get sucked out of the space that I'm in and into the throne room of God so that I can have clarity about what he speaks to me. Anyway, it's okay to lack faith. It's not okay to not pursue faith. And so that's exactly what he was doing. When he says this, he says, don't allow... He says, but... As for me, my faith, my feet came close to stumbling. My st steps almost slipped. He needed clarity. Why did his feet almost slip? If you'll read verses 3 through 14, which I'm not going to, I would recommend you do. Everybody around him was prospering. All the things that God promised him or some of the things that God promised him wasn't coming to fruition. He didn't understand it. He even thought maybe this could be, why is God disciplining me? Why is he chastening me? Can I tell you there's an answer for that in Scripture? Because he loves you. Right. Hebrews tell us God chastens those who he loves. He holds back things from those he loves. You're not seeing the promise that you have? Either the answer is yes, which will be for your good. The answer is no, which will be for your good. Or the answer is not yet, which will eventually be for your good. But we need to have faith to know that it doesn't matter. Trust God. And in that trust, find clarity. And so here he is. He's in the middle of this tension that exists in him. I know God's good, but I'm having these struggles. And then he says this in verse 15. He said, so 14 says, I've been stricken all day long and chastened every morning. So he's, he's got this internal struggle. He said, if I had said, I will speak thus, Behold, I will have betrayed the generation of your children. So he says, but I can't go to them with my problem. Because if I give voice to that, one of two things is going to happen. To somebody other than God, this is a word for y'all. Listen, this is important. If you're having a crisis of faith, sound counsel is important. But the presence of God is more important. If you can determine to air all your junk out in front of other people, you're doing one of two things. First, you're giving life to what the Bible calls death. You're allowing your problem to become a greater problem. Amen? Speak the word over that problem. Solve that problem. Or potentially even worse, you're transferring your crisis of faith to another person so that they carry that crisis of faith with you. And if that person is equally mature or more immature than you are spiritually, you've done a horrible disservice to them. And so he knew that. He said, I'm the worship leader of the temple place. I can't, I can't be telling people how I feel because then I'll condemn them. And ultimately, he would have condemned himself. So what does he say do? In verse 15, he says, or 16, he says, 
when I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight. I found no clarity until I came into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. Man, can I tell you to let God get a hold of you on this? Clarity is found in the presence of God. He didn't whine or complain to his friends. He didn't whine and complain to other pastors. He didn't whine and complain about other churches. He didn't whine and complain about what he just didn't whine and complain. He prayed, sought the face of God. And he knew that at that time, the face of God was found in the temple place because that's where the Shekinah glory of God presented himself. Amen? You know the benefit that we have? Is that the Shekinah glory of God, the glory of God resides in the people now. You don't have to come here to pray. Although it would be nice if we did more often. You can pray, seek clarity, find that comforting place wherever you are because God determined to seal you with his Holy Spirit so that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit in this dispensation, in this time of grace. Somebody ought to get excited about that because that means counsel of God is available to you to wherever you are. Comfort is available to you wherever you are. Love is available to you wherever you are. Mercy is available to you wherever you are because God hasn't determined to set himself at this altar. He's determined to set himself in this altar. Amen? And so let's walk like we are actually seeking the face of God wherever we are. And I know, man, that's some tough word because life's hard. But God's better. There's been loss. There's been struggle. There's been temptation. There's been frustration over and over and over and over in the life of the Christian. But can I tell you, God never promised you anything different than that. But he did promise to be with you in that. And so if we seek him and we trust that he is with us in that, then we have clarity, not just about our purpose, not just about who we are, but be about the love that he has for us. And I don't know about y'all, man. I need that in my life. Amen? I mean, I, I need that in my life because he can be trusted. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God. Everybody say faithful God. Who will keep his covenant and his loving kindnesses to a thousand, how many? Generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Trust the Lord to give you clarity because he is who he says he is and will do what he says he does, what he says he'll do under two conditions. If you love him and keep his commandments. I love, and I use it all the time, I know, but Pastor Leonard says it, and he's a pretty smart guy. If you're going to say anything 
worth saying, probably worth saying what he said, right? He said, blessing is on the other side of obedience. And we prove our love through obedience, according to the Gospel of John. If I expect God to be faithful, I need to be faithful. And I need to trust that in his presence, he can be trusted. I praise God for that. Where do you suffer? Where do you, where do you struggle? Because this is the truth. I came into the sanctuary of God, and I perceived their end. I told you verses 3 through 14 were all how people that are horrible people are doing great. Pride is their necklace. The garment of violence covers them. Their eyes bulge from fatness, which means they prosper more than they can stand. The imaginations of their heart run riot. They mock and wickedly speak of oppression. They speak from on high, yet they have their mouth against the heavens. On and on and on. Waters of abundance are drunk by them. They say, how does God know? They even mock God. I need to know so that I can minister before the Lord in front of these people how this is possible. And he went to the temple to find out. So clarity is found in the temple of God, in the presence of God. Because clarity restores our awe of God. You know what's going to happen in prayer? When you go into the temple place, which means something completely different now, he's going to show you who he is before he shows you the, solu the solution to your problem. I'm convinced that the majority of the places that we lack or that we struggle are the areas where we've lost our awe concerning God, our understanding of how awesome he is. We're all, I can't do this anymore. We've lost our awe of God's strength. I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. We've lost our awe of God's provision. I don't know how anybody could care for me. We've lost our awe of the love of God and the love that he has for us. I don't know how I could just give a little bit more. And I'm, I don't mean financially. I just mean give whatever it is I'm called to give. Because we've forgotten that the awe in the fact that God through his son, Christ Jesus, gave it all. Amen? These last verses, you see a transition in him after he comes out of the temple. In verse 21, he says, When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Did you catch all those was and past tense words? When my heart was embittered, when I was 
pierced within. When I was senseless and ignorant, I was like a beast before you. And then there's this transition. The great nevertheless, the irregardless. And he moves into the present and future. I am continually with you. You will guide me. Verse 36, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You see how he's had in the presence of God, the awe of God restored back to him. He's moved out of what he thought into who God is and who God is promising to be. You have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. That's what I want for you. That's what God wants for you. In your moment of confusion, in your lack of clarity, to understand that in your prayer place, in your temple space, this, I know God is good, but disappears. And you move out of that to, I know that he holds me. I know that he sees me. I know that he carries me. I know that he comforts me. I know that he provides for me. And then we can make the declaration that he makes in 28. He said, but as for me, the nearness of God is my good. That's the ultimate end of a true clarified vision regarding the awe of God. I know that the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge. You know what that means? It means I've dug in and allowed him to cover me. I trust him completely. I know that underneath the pinions of his wings, I, I can't be got. That peace is available. That I might tell of all of your works. I, this is my favorite part. Because he said, I can't go, go before them. But now he moved from that to, I get to tell of all of your works. When we trust God to clear, give us clarity, we'll move from, I don't have the faith. I can't stand before them. I'm going to cause them to stumble. I'm going to betray this generation if I speak to I can't do anything else but speak of him. And that is what happens in clarity. Amen.